0: You are listening to The Vibrant Happy Women Podcast, episode number 80.
1: Yeah, I stopped trying to control him, and instead, I focused on my own happiness. Welcome to The Vibrant Happy Women
2: Podcast, stories of vibrant women living happy lives. And now your host, Jen Ridey.
0: Welcome back to Vibrant Happy Women. I'm Jen Ride, and I am so glad you're here and listening, and happy Monday. On our last episode, I spoke with Rachel Pickworth, all about the law of attraction, and she amazed so many of you that I got tons of emails and messages on Facebook. So I'm glad you liked that. If you haven't heard that interview yet, be sure to go back and listen to that. That's at JenRideA.com forward slash 79. Today's episode is brought to you by RX Bars the best protein bars for myself and my kids. I love them. And also by FabFitFun. Keep listening. And in this episode, I'll tell you how you can get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. So today I'll be talking with Laura Doyle, all about letting go of control of your spouse so you can have a happier marriage. And this stuff really works because this is the exact thing I've done in my marriage to feel happier. Laura has some great steps to help you get started, and she'll be talking about her book, The Empowered Wife. One last thing, I have a free masterclass coming up. It's called Five Easy Steps to Rock Your Morning Routine, Even if You're a Busy Mom. Sign up for that is not open yet, but it will be opening later this week. So tune in Thursday for more details. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this episode and learn some great nuggets of wisdom from Laura Doyle.
2: Laura Doyle is the New York Times bestselling author of The Surrendered Wife, The Surrendered Single, and The Empowered Wife. Her books have been translated into 16 languages and published in 27 countries. Over 150,000 women credit her with not only saving their relationships, but showing them how to become desired, cherished, and adored for life. She's the founder of Laura Doyle Connect an international relationship coaching company that teaches women the intimacy skills they need to have passionate, peaceful relationships. Laura lives in Newport Beach, California with her hilarious husband, John Doyle, who has been dressing himself since before she was born. They've been married for 28 years. So what does that mean, Laura? He's been dressing himself since before he was born. I've been curious since I read your bio. (laughs)
1: Well, he's a little older than me, so I was uh, born when he was 11, Uh and yet, so he'd been dressing himself for quite a while there, and then when I came along, I forgot about that, and I thought maybe he needed some advice on how to get dressed and look better, and I was just constantly trying to improve him. It wasn't just what he wore, sadly, and it's just like embarrassing confessions of a (laughs) former controlling wife. I just was always trying to improve like I wanted him to eat healthier and I was going to show him how to do that and how to make a budget and (laughs) how to do a better resume and be more ambitious at work. And I couldn't understand why my husband just kept avoiding me. But now looking back, I realized I had become a porcupine wife. Every time he tried to get close to me, I was giving him this helpful advice, but it turns out helpful in wife language is actually critical in husband language. And so it was actually a kind of a tragic situation because we'd been so happy when we got married, and then just a few years in, I really thought that I was going to end up either having to divorce him because I just married the wrong man, or I dragged him to marriage counseling, and that's when I became the most hopeless. I thought I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a loveless relationship if I don't just bite the bullet and get divorced right now. But I was too embarrassed to get divorced because everyone had been to the wedding. It's not that many years before, so. I started asking women who had been married for what seemed like an eternity to me for their secrets to a happy marriage. And the things they said didn't even make sense to me. I remember one woman said, I try never to criticize my husband, no matter how much it seems like he deserves it. And I said, Um, have you got anything else? Because <laughs> I didn't really think that was going to work for me. So, but desperation went out and I decided to experiment in my relationship. I thought, I'm just going to treat it like a laboratory. I'll try things on. If they work, I'll keep them. If they don't, I'll throw them out. And what emerged is what I now call the six intimacy skills. Ooh. And I just remember I'd been trying them for a while. And we, you know, we're normally having like wall-to-wall wild wild hostility or cold wars. But um, this particular night, I walked through the door and my husband's face lit up. So he was happy to see me. Yeah. So I um, thought, wow,
2: this is working. Yes, this is working. So I'm curious, you walked through the door. Were you wearing something amazing or what was different? (laughs) No, I
1: wasn't. I was dressed normally. I was dressed the same way I had been prior when he was just, you know, avoiding me, watching TV. I had more interest in watching a rerun than he did in my company or even making love to me prior to the intimacy skills. So the thing that changed... The thing that made me so much more attractive and appealing to him was that I started, well, one of the main things that I discovered was that I was able to relinquish inappropriate control of my husband Mm -hmm. and stop telling him all these things, all these ways to improve. And I remember it was funny because in counseling, the counselor said, you know, Laura, actually, I was, you know, I was only bringing my husband there so she could fix him and then I could finally be happy because I think that's how it works. And so- Uh And then she actually said to me, No, actually Lori, you're kind of controlling. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I had this epiphany. Like, she's right. I am controlling. And I remember saying, like, okay, what do I do? Like, how do I stop? Yeah. She goes, Yeah, you know, just you just want to stop being so controlling. And I was like, Okay, that that's not helpful at all because from, from my point of view, I was controlling because I was feeling like he wasn't on top of things. Like I would be the one saying, Oh, we need to get the oil change in the car. or We got to pay this bill or <laughs> like, you know, seeing that the kitchen was a mess and we need to do the dishes or whatever. We wouldn't have clean dishes. So for me, I was like, he's just asleep at the wheel. I, somebody has to do things or else we're all going to die around here. Yeah. And so it wasn't helpful at all for her to just tell me that. But What ended up happening is I developed what is now a world-famous system for relinquishing inappropriate control of your husband. And that's one of the six intimacy skills. They all work together. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered is in stepping back, all of a sudden, this man that I thought was just so laid back that maybe he was in a coma, you know, he seemed like a loser pants to me, all of a sudden started taking initiative in all areas. He started his own business. I'm taking you out to dinner tonight. (gasps) He's Yeah, you know, make better me again. And he'd say, I'm gonna build a deck or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take down those trees in the yard or whatever. So the man I fell in love with returned
2: the man who wooed me
1: came back.
2: Because you gave up control. Yeah, I
1: stopped trying to control him. And instead, I focused on my own happiness. And that yeah. in turn, improves to see.
2: Well, so you have these six pillars. Do you mention those in The Empowered Wife, your new book?
1: Yes, in fact, that's exactly the point of the Empowered Wife. because I spell out all six Intimacy Skills step by step, because I suffered so much in my marriage, and I tried everything I could think of. You know, I read a lot of self-help books and went to marriage counseling, and none of that worked for me. And in fact, it's kind of was kind of shocking to me, especially because we went to marriage counseling for years, actually, and we spent over nine thousand dollars on it. And um, I wanted to believe that it helped somehow, but I couldn't figure out how. And then. Mm-hmm. I read about a study at UCLA where 75% of couples who had received traditional behavioral marriage counseling were separated within a year. So the fact is, it just doesn't work wow. for most people. And I, wow. I think about some other industry, right? Like, would you get on a plane where 75% of the time it had engine trouble or something? Yeah. You know, just, the numbers are just so terrible. Mm-hmm. And now that I know what actually works to make a marriage magical again I get so mad, you know, I want to punch people in the nose because there's so much bad relationship advice out there. Yeah. And it's the very things that I used to struggle with and try to use in my relationship that just dug my hole deeper. It didn't help me at all. And Looking back, I can see like marriage counseling is one of those things. Like I, what I've since learned, another one of the intimacy skills is about restoring the respect in your relationship. And one of the things that you do typically at marriage counseling, I've never been to a marriage counseling session where we didn't do this, is You lay out the problems, right? Like, what's supposed to be a problem? Yes. And you do. So what I was doing was in front of a stranger, this therapist and my husband, I was telling her everything that was wrong with my husband, every shortcoming he's ever had. And that's the most disrespectful thing I could have possibly done. So in respect, it turns out, I didn't know this, but this is like amazing information to have. Respect is like oxidant for husbands. That's how important it is to them. Then, when they feel respected, they feel loved. They don't feel respected, they don't feel loved. And I thought, well, I am respectful about everything except for the way he dresses and the way he drives and, you know, the way he handles the budget or whatever, right? Like, and So I thought I was, and of course, I'm sure everyone who can hear my voice can recognize I wasn't respectful. I didn't know what it looked like. I was looking at it through my female brain. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I would say, well, you know, I didn't leave a mess. I cleaned up the mess. So that's respectful. Or I let him know where I was going to be. Yes. That's respectful. yes. That has nothing to do with respect for them. They don't care about that at all. What they care about is that I, uh, my husband wants to be uh, respected for his thinking and he wants to be admired. So every time I would second guess or listen to what he was saying and try to improve on it, I was putting holes in the bucket of our intimacy and connection right there.
2: Yeah. And a couple of questions. By intimacy, you mean emotional, physical, all types of intimacy or one particular That's type? That's right.
1: So intimacy is not just the bedroom. This is those interactions, like sometimes they're tender, sometimes they're funny. It's just those interactions you wouldn't have with anybody else in the whole world. That's And of course, the physical intimacy is the one thing that differentiates a romance from every other relationship that you Right have in the world. Like I might share intimately with my sisters and hug them or my friends. But what makes the big distinction is what happens in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. in a marriage, in a romance, uh, in a relationship. So... But yeah, intimacy is kind of the all around. And, you know, it's when I feel that my husband desires me. It's when I feel that he's seeking out my company and when he's sharing with me openly because he feels there's emotional safety. That's when I know the intimacy is high.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so women are listening right now and they're like, "Ooh, this sounds good. I got to get the empowered wife. And but what if there's someone out there thinking, well, gosh, why should I even try? He's not trying. What do you say to that? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that was exactly, that was my point of view. You know, I really, I felt like I had been working so hard on the relationship. And I was working hard. But tragically, I was doing the wrong kind of work. You know, I was telling him how to Mm -hmm. straighten up. And of course, the only person you can ever control is yourself. And then when I did change, he responded to me so differently. And it was like so much better, like 10 times better than he had been responding to me previously. So for me, it was actually good news. You know, yeah, I have a lot of power in this relationship, and I didn't recognize it. I have these amazing feminine gifts that no one ever told me about. You know, I was kind of mad at my, my mom and my grandma at first. I'm like, why didn't they tell me about this? But I didn't yeah. something they knew. Right. So, and it's just like Spider Man learned, like with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so I believe we have a responsibility to just learn these skills. It's, it's sort of like you wouldn't sit down at the piano and say, well, I hope I'm good at playing the piano. You know, let me just give out a shot. We'd expect to play lessons and have to do your Hammond scales or something right to in order to be good at it. And it's kind of like that old song says it's the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return so for me this has just been a wonderful gift to be able to learn these intimacy skills and have them become a part of my life in all my relationships and not just my husband but really make me into my best self someone who shows up with love
2: so you mentioned part of this was learning to be happy on your own and then that really increased your intimacy well what were the steps of letting go of that resentment that was there so you could concentrate on you know making yourself happier and taking care of your emotional needs? Well, I
1: think that was a great question. And for me, it actually went the opposite direction. Oh, okay. It wasn't like letting go of the resentment and then making myself happy. It was like, first, I'm going to make myself happy because I had gotten into it's sad to say, but I had really become that martyr, you know, like your mom on her worst day where she's doing everything for everybody and not taking care of herself. So I kind of forgot who I was. I forgot that I would love a good time and that I, you know, the things that I enjoyed. So For me, the first step was, and this is the indispensable step that I see for women practicing the intimacy skills, and that is to make a point of making myself ridiculously happy every single day. And the way I do that is by doing at least three things for my own enjoyment every single day. And by that, I don't mean eight hours of sleep and five fruits and vegetables and 30 minutes of cardio. No, I'm talking... Frivolous fun. I'm talking just something that doesn't do any good in the world except that it brings me pleasure. So it could just be grabbing a cup of coffee with a friend or talking to my sister on the phone or I love to play volleyball. So I do a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, singing at the top of my lawns car in the shower, or like, yeah. you know. Sometimes I do it walking down the street. And so it could be, you know, for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. Like some women will have yoga as their self-care. Well, I hate yoga. So that's never going to be self-care. And it's good for my body. I get that. You know, people who do it look wonderful. But for me, it will never be that kind of pleasurable delight that I seek for myself every day that lets me show up as a happy woman in my relationship because, and this is going to sound really obvious when I say it this way, but I didn't realize only happy people can have happy relationships. Oh, that's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So yeah. if I'm not happy, you know, my husband happens to be there, I think it's his fault, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Oh, i got to make myself strange. happy in then yeah. yeah, and then my husband wants to pile on when he sees that I am pleasable, this is a word I just had to make up, I'm pleasable sometimes, you know, and he sees that, then he can't do enough. He's like, oh, would you like me to make you a cup of tea? Should I put some gas in your car? You know, you want me to take you out to dinner? He can't do enough to make me happy. And this is because, you know, and this is true for all women, we're never hotter than when we're smiling, laughing, singing, dancing, right? That's when we are our most magnetic and we are magnets. Women are born magnets. It's one of our, our five feminine gifts. And our magnetism gets obscured when we put everybody else first and we run ourselves ragged and we're depleted and we get cranky. I always get cranky when that happens. So one way to erase that depletion is to just devote yourself to self-care. It's not selfish. That's a great way to be the best wife and mom and sister and, you know, coworker that you can be.
2: I couldn't agree more. Well, everyone go out and grab Laura's book. The Empowered Wife, and that's by Laura Doyle. Again, that's The Empowered Wife. It's fantastic. She sent me a copy. And let's take a quick break for our sponsor, Laura, and then we'll come back and talk about some of your favorite things. All right, welcome back, everyone. And let's start, Laura, by talking about a habit that has contributed to your success. Yes.
1: So one of the habits that really has contributed to my success is one that I had a very hard time implementing the first time. In fact, I completely resisted. it. I thought it was ridiculous, but I'm going to share it because, and most women do think it's awful until they do it and then they love it. So, And that habit is apologizing to my husband when I am disrespectful. And so here's what that looks like. In fact, this just happened to me, sadly. I've been doing this for 18 years and I still have not reached perfection with it, but we were at dinner, nice restaurant. My husband's taking me out and we're just having this great conversation and just really enjoying ourselves. And then in the he's talking about his work and I made a disparaging comment about one of his clients and immediately his face changed and I could just tell like, uh uh-oh, you know, something went south right then. And then I said, And I knew already what the answer was. But I said, was that disrespectful? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Because he rightly took that comment as me trying to control how he runs his business and which clients he gives the most preferential treatment to, let's say. And so I immediately just wanted to get back to the good times. And I just said, you know what, John? I apologize for criticizing your client just then. Mm-hmm. That was very, you know, I apologize for being disrespectful when I criticized your client just then. That's how I said it. So I used the word for being disrespectful, which I mean, oh, the first time I thought this is like, I mean, disrespectful, that's something, respect is something you give to your boss or your parents or a teacher because you have to, right? I don't yeah. want him to be above me. That's like awful. But it doesn't make him above me. It just means that I uh, honor, I don't always have to agree with. But I honor my husband's thinking. And so just in that moment, I made that apology and immediately the wall came down, the tension was gone and we're back to having a good old time at dinner. Wow. And he appreciates that so much because he feels so respected. He's really able to show up in such a loving way to me. In fact, not too long ago, I was brushing crumbs off the island, the counter, and he goes, oh. Don't move. And he reached for his phone so he could take my picture like I'm the supermodel that he's been married to for 28 years, you know? (laughs) And it's just one, it's unspeakably wonderful to feel so loved every single day. It gives me a lot of inner strength. And I say that not to brag, but just to say this is what's possible for all women because all husbands respond so beautifully to being respected and they want to make their wives happy. I've asked thousands of men, I'll say, how important is it to you that your wife is happy? And they all say the same thing. Every single one has said, oh, it's very important. It's the most important thing. Or in the UK, they say it's imperative. Uh So we know that this is a high priority to them.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great habit. I have never heard that one on the show before. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little about the kitchen. What is a favorite easy meal?
1: Mm. Yes. So one of my favorite easy meals is tacos because it's just so easy to make that taco meat and then you know I've always got the fixings in my fridge for that, so I can put that together. But one of the big problems we had early on. So my husband doesn't cook. In fact, I remember when we were first married. I asked him to turn on the stove, and he goes, "Something's wrong with the stove. It's clicking." You know. Oh like, no! Oh my gosh! That's the- <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, mad at his "Mother," you know, like what? <laughs> but anyway, maybe they had an electric stove going up. I don't know. But anyway, so. I remember when the kitchen would get to be a disaster area, I would complain about it. I would say to him, John, this kitchen's a disaster. And I thought he was going to jump off the couch and start cleaning it right then. But yeah. I got to tell you, Jen, that never happened. Never did. Right. So finally, and I mean, I tried begging, cajoling and you know, crying, just everything. And finally, I learned one of the skills is to express your desires in a way that inspires. And so all I had to do was tell him the end result that I wanted so when I was saying, John, this kitchen is a disaster area. All he heard was John, blah, 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 right? He couldn't even hear me. But when I sent to him one day, John, you know, I would love a clean kitchen. He was like, okay, I'll clean it. Well, that was like 18 years ago, and he's been cleaning it ever since. So it was amazingly effective when he knew what
2: I wanted instead of hearing the complaint. What you want. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, what's your favorite kitchen gadget? My favorite
1: kitchen gadget is
2: my zester. It's just
1: padded, it's soft, it's nice. It adds so much flavor if I just need that little bit of lime zest. And in fact, one of the amazing things I made with it recently was I made sweet potatoes and I put lime juice, lime zest, and a little bit of jalapeno peppers in fresh jalapenos in sugar. That was my little marinade. And then I poured that over the sweet potatoes, which had been baked with some cheese. And I just had this like spicy, sweet little
2: treat. It was fantastic. Oh, that does sound fantastic. Is it okay if we kind of stick a bit of a recipe on the website? We'll just write down what you said. I'm oh, sure, sure people can eyeball it, but yum. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to share that one. Well, so you're a three-time author and a New York Times bestselling author, but it's still fun to hear. What is your favorite book?
1: Oh, well, a book that meant a lot to me in the early days of trying to get better with my relationship was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Oh, yeah. And it's the selling relationship book in the entire world of all time, for a great reason. It really does. It really helped me begin to unlock the mysteries of the differences between men and women. I think everything was kind of going the opposite way. We were trying to say that men and women were the same around that time. And John Gray came out and said, no, women and men are different. Here's the differences. And viva la difference. And that was very enlightening for me. So it's still a book that I recommend highly. John Gray has been a great supporter of my work too. He endorses all my books and really has my back. So it's just been a pleasure to, you know, that somebody I so much insight from has, has also turned around and been a support for me.
2: Awesome. Well, let me remind our listeners, they can find links to that recipe and all of your books and John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, on our show notes page at com forward slash ad. And now let's hear your personal happiness formula, Laura.
1: So my personal happiness formula has to do with asking myself these two powerful questions. And these are, by the way, uh, part of the feminine gifts, right? Is that women, in fact, they did a study at the University of Toronto recently. And I hope you're sitting down for this because they discovered that women are more emotional than men. (laughs) So who knew, right? (laughs) Research money well spent. (laughs) Right. So as women, we are emotionally brilliant. And one of the ways that I can really stay tuned into myself and provide uh, exactly what I'm needing in each moment is by asking myself these two powerful questions. And they are, how do I feel? And what do I want? Desire is the seat of feminine power. So I'm always asking myself, how do I feel? What do I want? So especially if I'm cranky or something, I was like, how do I feel? I'm like, ah, cranky. You know, what do I want? I want a nap. I'll just march myself into bed. You know, I'm going to go lie down, find out if there's really a problem or if I was just tired, you know? And then when yeah. I wake up, I'll know, right? If there's yeah. the world is really as wrong as it is. And, but it works with everything. I mean, one woman got stuck. She had put dinner on the table and she's looking around for her husband. He's gone. She can't find him. She goes down to the basement And he's there because the washing machine had broken. And he's bailing out the water with this container that's got a really narrow little opening. And she says to herself, oh, my gosh, you could do this later. She wants to tell him, look, you need a better container to bail out all that water. But instead, she says to herself, how do I feel and what do I want? And the answer was, I'm hungry. What do I want? I want to eat now. So she said to him, I would love to eat dinner now. And he goes, "Okay, yeah, that's a good idea because I can do this later And anyway. I need a container with a bigger opening. He figured it out himself. (laughs) That's the best. So um, it's just been marvelous for making myself happy and helping me communicate with everyone around me that in a way that's honoring of me, but also showing up
2: as a delight and not a bear, you know, not a
1: martyr, not a nag, not a porcupine, but someone who can smile because I feel filled up.
2: Yes. Filling that cup. Well, let's have a challenge from you to our listeners and then we'll say goodbye.
1: All right. So the challenge is to get cherished. And the way you get cherished is you go to getcherished.com. Kind of like got milk, right? Just get cherished. And every day for five days, I'm going to send you an email with a little experiment, a little cheat phrase that's going to give you an unfair advantage in making your relationship vibrant and amazing. So and you can just see if it works for you. And if it does, you keep it. If it doesn't, you throw it out, of course. But these experiments have worked for women in 19 languages in 30 countries. So I challenge you to get cherished by this weekend and just feel desired, adored and bring back that playfulness and passion.
2: Okay. And that's at getcherished.com? Correct. Awesome. Well, Laura, this has been fantastic. I am going to finish that book, The Empowered Wife, and check out the other ones as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's
1: been my pleasure.
2: Thanks for having me. Take care. So Laura's tips really work, and I loved getting to talk to her.
0: I remember when I was first married, my whole goal in life was, my goodness, the household tasks aren't equal. Why aren't you doing your share? And I would point those fingers and nag, and my husband would dig in his heels, not wanting to help. When I let go and stopped expecting, things got so much better. And now my husband does 80% of our cooking, maybe even 90%. And the house gets clean. He gets our kids to do their chores. He wants to be that hero to me. I just had to approach it in a different way. So check out Laura's book and come back next week when I'll be talking with Jennifer Rothschild all about the way we talk to ourselves in our minds. Sometimes we can get a little bit negative and we have this stream of negativity going through our minds and she has some strategies to deal with that. She is a little fireball of spunk. And I loved talking to her. You'll love that interview. So I will see you next week with that. I will be back on Thursday with a happy bit. And until then, make it a fantastic
2: week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at com.